0: Hi, Amy. Hey, Jack. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you? you?
0: Very good. Very good. I am looking forward to this episode, and I wanted to start with a little quote, which I don't really think can be put to any one person because it's very vague, Uh, but it is that you can't build a great building on a weak foundation. And I feel that on the topic of advisory, reporting, forecasting and all of these services that at the end of the day you can't do these things without a really solid foundation what do you think
1: Mm, i I, yes agreed and you know it it does it it definitely feeds into today's topic on the all aussie accounting adventures tech edition um it's it's a bit of a fun one so listeners hoist the sails uh, we're embarking on a voyage from Excel's safe harbour to the cloud's expansive sea. Let's set course for precise forecasting and keep an eye out for seahorses on the way. I, I think, <laughs> sorry, Jack, I think that may be my favourite horse-related intro yet, to be fair. Um, and look, maybe for anyone who has been listening uh, all season without knowing what is going on, listen back to season one so you understand the horse theme. Anyway, let's 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 actually unpack today's topic which is all about advice.
0: introductions from you. (laughs) Grab the reins, take a hold of your steed. It's (laughs) inspiring stuff. Uh, Just like advisory, just like advisory. It is. is. And um, I mean, in preparation for this episode, I wanted to look back at what Ali and Andrew have said. And uh, we just had a bit of a chat with Andrew just then in kind of preparation for this. And I've also spoken to a number of other advisors, and I've worked in an advisory firm before. And so, you know, I think when it comes to what is advisory. It's obviously a good place to start the conversation because today's all about advisory, forecasting, reporting. What's the difference? What are the tools that you can use? How does this all work? What do you have to get in place first? But, you know, people have been saying for years that compliance is dead. And I feel at this point it's, it's proven to be false. I mean, potentially some basic, basic, Individual tax returns are no longer there, but there's plenty of compliance work still being done and it's still the vast majority of revenue for most firms. But there's still excitement around advisory. It just It's taken a long time to really take off and I think part of that is that a lot of the forecasting and reporting tools that claimed to be advisory tools haven't really delivered on that to date. I mean, how how do you see it?
1: Um, so I was going. I was actually thinking as you were just talking then about where the whole concept of advisory came from, and I, I don't think I'm too far incorrect from saying two parts around this, which is that zero probably coined the phrase for the accounting industry advisory. Now, when I say coined it, I mean as in like they really started heavily promoting the term advisory for the accounting industry when they came into play. Because all of a sudden, uh, what used to take quite a long time to do, you had, you know, you were there are a whole heap of efficiency gains by using a cloud-based product um, to do, you know, to do your internal accounts and for and on behalf of your clients. So they came up with an alternative solution, which is, well, if you're not doing this anymore, what will you do with your time? Which is advisory. But the second component of that, which is, Advisory for this industry is not new. It's that's literally what you've been doing since the dawn of time, which is advising clients on you know their financial position, their tax position, et cetera. So the actual term is not new. It's just that it's there's been a much greater focus since the inception of cloud-based technology and especially the zero ecosystem of apps um, around there. So it, it's just something to to consider when it you know when you're looking at where advisors come from, where it's going, what we're doing with it. It's not new, but it is the focus is definitely shifted. Um, I think a a really good question is, you know, whilst whilst accountants have been doing advisory for quite some time, are they always the best person to advise on your business? Well, that's quite subjective, I guess, which is an interesting one to unpack as well. Which throwing a curveball there for you.
0: No, it's a good question. I I, I think the reality is that to be a good business advisor, you have to understand a lot more than just accounting, but it it provides a fantastic foundation and we're obviously spoiled or fortunate to be in the position we're in where SMEs come to us as pretty much their first point of contact. So we own own a lot of those relationships and we're working with these businesses at a time that they need guidance and support and and advice and so I think naturally we're in the right spot to be the business advisor but that does not mean every accountant has a skill set to do it uh, and I think that's why we want to talk about it and we want to talk about the tools that are out there and the tech that's available to help but you know what else you need to get in uh, first so I mean th- there's a lot we can cover in this and um, I mean I'm just trying to think the next best place to, I mean, maybe let's break down advisory into into the parts. You've kind of referred to that a little bit, but I kind of see it as there's your typical uh, traditional like tax advisory, you know, an actual I'm going to write you a letter of advice around this CGT transaction. Sure, it's advice. It is formal advice and I guess falls under the term advisory. You've obviously got forecasting and reporting tools that allow you to put together monthly management reporting packs and bits and pieces like that with some executive summaries. You might have a meeting around it. I think there's a component of advisory there, but it's a little, it's probably not super advisory, I don't think. You got more business coaching and stuff like that as well, where it's more like, hey, what do you want to achieve with your life? What are your goals? Let me help you. Let me hold you account uh, to account for that as well. And, and I think that that last bit feels like I mean coaching sounds like a bit eh, whereas advisory sounds a lot more cool and uh, you know something that we <laughs> we want to do, and coaching feels a little bit like oh i want to I don't want to be that guy who's saying like, "Come with me, and I'll make you millions of dollars so oh,
1: I think yeah, maybe you, you, you're you're achieving sorry you're you're actually putting those blinkers on a bit there, I feel like Jack when it comes to that it's the same as the concept of um, accountants associating the word sales. With their with what they actually do, they don't like that word either. But I, I get where you're going with it. Advisory does sound like a, a nicer term to associate with this topic.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of those predator kind of style coaches out there on the internet, but that's that's none of you guys. So we don't really yes. need to worry too much about it. But Great. I mean, okay. So before we get into the tools and and all of this kind of stuff, we're not going to tackle the whole. How do you run an advisory firm and whatever else? I think that's a much bigger discussion. But you know, if you are out there and you are interested in it, uh, maybe you maybe you've you know done some courses on it, and you, you know you are thinking about offering this as a service. I mean, for you, Amy, what what has to come first?
1: Well, I think the first thing is back to your initial point, which is compliance is. Like compliance is dying. Compliance is 100% not dying anytime soon. I don't think it ever will be dead. Um, Compliance, there will always be an element of compliance, work required. Um, So if you are that type of accountant and that's the type of work that you currently do, you'll always still have a component of it. So to that point, some of the things that you obviously need to ensure that you actually have done and are taking care of are, have you got all of your compliance work done? That'd be the first thing, like some of the foundations, like before you get the tools, you know, the foundations for some firms that they need to have in place is compliance work. If you haven't got your bread and butter up to scratch, two points here. If you don't have your compliance work done, how do you actually give the advice? Are you just making the information up? Because if the compliance work isn't done, I feel like there's an element of compliance that obviously needs to be done from, you know, whether it's a tax, whether it's a bookkeeping, et cetera. You need to have everything up to date before you can obviously provide the good advice. That's the first thing. But also, if you can't get your bread and butter done with all of the lodgements that you have, why do you think that you should, you know, forego doing some other client's compliance work in order to free up some time so you can provide advisory services to another client? Like, how is that fair, I guess, from, you know, the output of work? And, you know, at the end of the day, you guys run your businesses the way that you like, but I feel like if you can't get the baseline work done because you don't have capacity to obviously achieve that and get all that done, why are you offering additional services? Which is an additional advisory service, for example. So that would be the first little components that I would be... um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: and, and, I, and I think to, you know, on a related-ish note in terms of the the must-haves, you talk about must-haves and nice-to-haves and, and maybe for now advisories are nice-to-have. Bookkeeping and, and having a clean set of accounts seems to be something that more and more firms are bringing in-house as part of their advisory offering and saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know, for us to give you good, relevant advice on a regular basis, especially because a lot of advisory firms are meeting with their clients on a monthly or quarterly basis more than they are, especially monthly, which is more often more than they're doing compliance because it's quarterly or it's you know annual tax returns or whatever. So if we're meeting monthly, I can't afford to be giving you advice based on numbers that are out of whack. And so a lot of firms are saying, look, if you want to be under my advisory arm, you want to be under that service, I'm going to also have to take over the books. And and I think I'm seeing that that's working quite well for those, for those firms. So getting Getting on top of compliance, first and foremost, because I think, as you yep. said, you know, you've know, you got to have that service offering down before you worry about adding new services. But then once you look into how do I do, deliver advisory, well, to give good advice, you have to have clean books. And so the easiest way to do that is actually to bring that in-house or have a really good trusted kind of relationship with a, with a bookkeeper um, or, or solving that problem in another way. And then I guess beyond those two kind of cleaning up house, there's having a decent structure in place as to, well, what does my advisory offering look like? Yep. What what, what what kind of meetings am I having? How How are they being run? What's the output to the client? Are we doing tax planning meetings? Are we doing business planning meetings? Are we doing strategy sessions? Are we doing goal setting and I'm holding you accountable? I think there's a lot of different bits and pieces that fall under that advisory scope and so figuring out how you're going to run those sessions is is important um, and maybe this is a good point to call out look if you're really starting and you don't know there are there are like the gap and Mindshop. these are paid services that that provide you all the templates and frameworks to to create a advisory offering in your firm not cheap don't get me wrong but good network of firms good network of people to connect to to say hey if you're getting started maybe start there
1: uh, Clarity HQ as well is another one, um, not Clarity Street, Clarity HQ, the app is another one that actually provides a lot of foundational work and how to actually produce advisory. So not only do they have the app, they also add, similarly to what the gap does is obviously produce the content and the know-how around obviously delivering that service. But I think um, what you said before in relation to what is your actual service offering, how is it structured, who's going to deliver it, how is it going to be executed, how is it going to be delivered what platform are you using, um, what team members are going to actually be part of this, um, is it, do you actually have the team that are capable of delivering this service? Uh, do you as the business owner, are you is it solely resting on your shoulders to obviously do this particular service? Um, are you spending time empowering your team so that you're not the sole person to be doing this? But, you know, what's the output to the client? Like what does a client get? What's the tangible thing? Do they need to get anything? Do they need a report? Do they need a nice pretty chart? Do they need a platform which they can log into? Like what actually is the service? How is it going to be managed? How is it going to be embedded into your your general workflow? All of those things, which is it's, it's no different to at the moment, you know, it's no different to you doing your tax and compliance, but then going, oh, we might actually offer bookkeeping as an additional service as opposed to our you know, as opposed to relying on external bookkeepers. Same concept, but you've just got to factor these things in basically.
0: Yeah, and you've you've hit the nail on the head with respect to a few of the challenges that firms have rolling this out. You know, one of them being that delegating advisory offering is hard. It's not like we can look back on the last 50 years of how this service has worked and, and have a recipe for it. You know, you've got to cr- kind of create your own recipe as to how you train your staff. Sure, you can refer to, back to some of those services we mentioned earlier, but not, not a lot of junior accountants who come into the industry yet, hopefully this is changing, but are coming in with skills or the comfort level to kind of sit in a meeting with someone who runs a business and answer their questions on the spot, on the fly, Sure, directors, firm owners can kind of tackle that kind of stuff and feel comfortable with it. But but junior junior people less so and, and so delegating it is hard. There's also I think a natural fear within risk adverse accountants that, you know, mm. as soon as I'm playing outside of my comfort zone, which is numbers, and now I'm playing in this like business ish coaching advisory space, that maybe I'm gonna say something that's wrong and is, am I at risk there? You know, that's not my job. That's not what I'm used to. So it's kind of an uncomfortable feeling. You've also got that, you know, showing the value to a client is harder as well. Compliance is easy, you know. They know they need it. It's a, it's a grudge purchase a lot of the time. It's like, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. So I'll pay you the money, get it done. Advisory, they don't have to pay for. So you have to show them why it's valuable. Um, and so if you're new to it yourself, you know, understanding well, I can't just have a meeting with them every month. They're going to walk away and think, you know, at some point I'm sick of this, like I'm not getting what I need. You need to show them the value that you're delivering. So there's challenges of, of rolling this out.
1: The value one is a really interesting one, Jack. Like if we just want to break down the psychology of accountants for a while, like I've we've covered this in previous episodes when it comes to using, you know, when it comes to sales, is it a, is it a dirty word? And I raised it, you know, earlier but um, in relation to accountants, the accounting industry when it comes to tax and compliance, by nature of the very fact that the ATO dictates that you will always, you know, that there is compliance there, the accounting industry has never really had to hustle for clients. They've never had to work to uh, to uh, display the value of the service that they provide to a client because it has to be done. So, you know, in terms of displaying value to your clients in terms of you know acquiring you know clients that's never really been a massive challenge for this side of the industry because you've always had them doesn't mean that you've got good clients don't get me wrong you still have to work for them however it does mean that you'll always have a steady flow of clients when it comes to advisory you are correct this all of a sudden it actually it starts encroaching on your own value proposition for yourself for your own belief system around how valuable you actually are, how valuable the service you are is to that client. And it is, it's, a, it's a struggle. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It is really challenging. Any business owner can attest to this, no matter how good you are at doing the thing, whether it's accounting or whether it's something else. When it comes to running your own business and articulating the value of your service versus everybody else, it's hard work. It's not an easy thing to do, which is why you know when it comes to advisory and delivering it, I think the first call out here is how much do you value yourself? First point. Therefore, how much do you value the service that you're delivering to your clients? Not everybody's going to like it, by the way, and that also comes with challenges as well because all of a sudden you're going to have people that go, "I don't value that," and you're going to go, "Oh, but but I'm valuable. I promise I am." It's hard. I'm. You know, it, it, this is a really challenging component of it.
0: And it's a really big one and something to ponder over our sponsors.
2: Isn't there nothing worse than working on a client collaborating with others and finding yourself having to go here, there, and everywhere to be able to manage this client. Whether it's documents in your document storage folder, whether it's using different video conferencing tools, whether it's information that's stored in hard copy or non-hard copy, whether it's dealing with other professional parties, and just finding yourself not being able to do things efficiently. Well, friends your solution is here my prosperity is an all-in-one client portal with innovative digital tools Designed to increase practice efficiencies, scale client engagement, and grow revenue. Now, My Prosperity does a whole bunch of stuff. Some of the really cool features it's got are things like rooms where you can collaborate with other finance professionals to achieve any client goal. There's things like live data feeds, reminders, marketing collateral, automated reports, digital fact finds, and so much more. This tool is fantastic for accountants and advisors and ensures that they can be servicing their clients as best as possible. So check out My Prosperity. You're not going to be disappointed. If I told you, Ali that I was a massive fan of incorrect information.
3: <laughs> You're that a liar. That is exactly the response that, I think it,
2: it frustrates me end to end when things are done and you find just really silly little mistakes that just shouldn't happen, right? Oh, it, it just shouldn't me. happen.
3: It craps me. It tears, I have to tell you.
2: Well, there's bloody good news for you, Ali. <laughs> there is a tool out there that helps to solve all of those problems and it is known as X. Bert, that is Mm X-B-E-R-T. It is an AI tool built for accountants and for bookkeepers
3: and I also know Andrew it scans all of your client files multiple times per day it can even fix for 76 common bookkeeping accounting and tax 76? errors 76 I
2: know I four. I, like I don't three think we make that errors. many mistakes
3: in a day but clearly we do not
2: at Illuminate no <laughs> well yes. I mean it's like having another member of your team really isn't it if it's looking for those things it's kind of dealing with a whole bunch of the time that you'd spend on the crappy stuff and allowing you to have more time to spend on better quality accounting advisory and management work when you're dealing with your clients,
3: right? 100%. It can also manage prevention of fraud. Like, that's a biggie. Oh, it that gives is you, huge. Yeah, it gives you the real big picture on every client file before you've even started the work, right?
2: And, I, and I've heard of some very savvy accountants <laughs> that are using it to help price their fixed fee arrangements because they're yep. effectively scanning their file, checking data quality so they can scope it before they price it so they're not finding themselves in a shit tonne of trouble. Because they've got the wrong data.
3: Oh, for sure, for sure. So sign up for a free trial of expert free. today and let their AI do their heavy lifting on all your client files.
2: Get amongst the friends. Have you ever heard the phrase, the future of accounting includes carbon? No? Well, I guarantee that you will be hearing it soon and you will be hearing it often. Now, carbon accounting, it's kind of like the environmental detective of the accounting world, right? It's all about keeping tabs on how much carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases are getting released into the atmosphere by individuals, companies and even entire nations. It's kind of like balancing the books, but instead of dollars, you're balancing the earth's health, helping us all make smarter choices and work towards a greener, cleaner future. Now, enter someday, S-U-M-D-A-Y. Someday is technology built in Australia that allows us accountants to really assist our clients and community in the world of carbon accounting. It can help you complete audit-ready and transparent carbon accounting and reporting, as well as stay in control with features that meet stakeholder expectations like dashboards, carbon general ledgers, and carbon trial balance reports. All this kind of stuff can lead to exceptional conversations with your clients about the impact that they're having in our world. And why do I think it's extra amazing? Well, as great technology is for accountants, it's much better when it's built by accountants. And that is Someday, built by accountants for accountants. Now, I know you're probably sitting there and saying, is this for me? Well, the good thing is Someday is about being accountant first. It's for all businesses of all shapes and sizes, as well as being accessible and affordable. So absolutely, it can be for you. I guess as their catchphrase says, Someday accountants will save the world. And Someday is now. So go check out Someday When You Get a Chance, S-U-M-D-A-Y dot I-O.
0: You brought up some very good points there, Amy, just around the mindset and, and some of the challenges that people have rolling out advisory. And I mean, I think, I think there are some challenges that can't be solved by technology, and I think that's fine. I think that's reality. There's lots of those. Some are people problems. Some are, uh, you know, things you can solve other ways. But with respect to the tech, that's why we're here. That's what this podcast is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe if we kind of make sure this second part of the segment is focused around the different apps and the different areas and what they're trying to tackle within this space. I thought maybe it's worth beginning with your more traditional reporting and forecasting tools. And so, you know, when I when I talk about those kinds of apps, I'm mainly talking about your Fathoms, Floats, Spotlights, FutureLease and Sifs where they generally are helping you to pull together a, a monthly reporting pack with charts, graphs. It looks a lot nicer. It, it ex- extends beyond what Zero is capable of, um, you know, with respect to the forecasting tools, you might have scenario planning, you might be able to have a conversation with your clients about where they're going, what are the drivers of their business, the assumptions. this is probably I feel the the most accounting friendly version of advisory. It's like it's still in that safe zone of numbers uh, before we get into like goal setting and accountability and whatever else um but I don't know do you do you have any thoughts on those kinds of tools uh any questions? that people need to be thinking about
1: yeah I'm interested to see the development of the apps actually over time because you know there are mixed opinions around are the tools that are being used like those ones that we've just mentioned are they actually providing true advisory or are they just um you know supporting documentation to the service that you're actually providing so if you think about you know you you set a financial statement's it's realistically the supporting documentation to the service that you're providing so are they have they developed enough have have they actually you know created true value and are they actually or are they just really hard to roll out in in your firm so you know that that's another thought process around that as well as you know are they good apps are they delivering value or are they just a supporting you know supporting the headline act which is actually really you and your advice
0: yeah, I think it's a great an absolutely great point. I think there is a little bit of skepticism growing or maybe it's always been there that they don't really add a ton of value and that you know a lot of clients don't read the reports so it doesn't matter. You know, I think that it's it's not a value add to you and your firm if you're just sending out a report every month to a client who never reads it. You know, I think that's important to to make sure that if you are going to try using any of those tools that you're packaging it up in a, in a way that you can speak to it, that you are reviewing it, that you are going deeper than than it, and it does become a bit more of support for you to deliver a really good conversation with your client. Um, obviously, a lot of people still use Excel for that kind of stuff. I mean, each to their own. I think there's reasons why. I think the some of those tools are limited in their flexibility. Accountants are pretty comfortable with Excel. I think that there's Um, some accuracy issues with some of those tools too that just don't calculate stuff the way accountants need them calculated. I don't need to go into detail on all that. It's more, um, you know, each of their own as to how comfortable you are Mm -hmm. that those calculations are correct. Um, And we also don't need to go into the detail on Excel. It's getting a little bit into the nitty gritty. But the other side of advisory tools are, I guess these are the ones that fall a little bit more under the advisory app kind of definition compared to reporting and forecasting. And I'm thinking about apps mm-hmm. like Brief, Clarity HQ that you mentioned. Uh, there's a couple others out there like Impera and lumient I think I'm pronouncing them correctly. Uh, I think there's more coming. It just seems like this is a space that's starting to build. Uh, it's been building in terms of the service offering for a long time, but in terms of the tech to support that, I think... the the pain points are starting to become more visible um, and the market is growing. So now there's, there's more players coming into this space.
1: There's a lot of upkeep that goes into using the apps as well. Like not only are you obviously having to ensure that, like let's start from the very basics of all of the apps that you're obviously using in this process, mentioning the fact that, you know we were talking to making sure that all of your bookkeeping is done so if you were to use right from the client life cycle to to deliver your advisory tools there is a lot of upkeep that comes into delivering these which is you know you could start with expert to make sure that you know your experts are running or ada whichever one doesn't you know because ada is obviously one of them as well um you've then got your zero file that needs to be reconciled and make sure that that's all flowed through um and then then there's actually using the actual apps that are out there. Whether it is your reporting and forecasting, whether it is your actual advisory apps, whichever ones that you're obviously using, they still have to be maintained and upkept, making sure that the syncs are still happening between the apps, um, making sure that and like, and how much prep work do you do you need to look at to ensure that the the information that you're viewing on the screens is correct before you then have that client meeting with a client as well and. Are we trusting the information? Because I think that's, you know, you, you slightly alluded to it before, but accountants need to trust the information in order to stand in front of a client and have a conversation with them and give them advice. So it's, I don't know, it's, a, it's an interesting space. There are a lot of apps out there, but are there any that are doing it really, really well and are actually helping nail it? Or are we thinking about this in the wrong way and are we just hoping that the app will solve the advisory in inverted commas um, dilemma of delivering that service without understanding that maybe that maybe the advisory tool is just the output of the service. It's not actually. It's just the supporting documentation. It's not actually you are the service or your firm is a service.
0: I I can give some unique insight here. I did a lot of work with a tool called Brief. Uh, they're an advisory app, relatively early stages still, but they're in market. You can sign up if you're interested in it. Um, and we did a lot of research together with a lot of really good advisors around what the problems were with the process and and how they could help with tech. And the reality was some of the process, some of the issues weren't things that tech's going to help with, um, but there were certain things that are. So I think it speaks to what you're saying, which is there's components of advisory that aren't tech, focused and you know tech plays its role kind of to to support the offering and and if i go back to that research that we did the the key challenges that came out of that some of which i alluded to earlier one of them is really you know it's hard to offer a lot of advisory because it's limited it's bottleneck to the directors because they're the only ones who feel comfortable going into the meeting with the client and and kind of winging it and solving all their problems on the fly so brief kind of said well what if we could get the core pains of your client to you ahead of the meeting. So a simple, you know, technological solution so that we have the information from the client before the meeting. We know what they want to talk about. We know what their issues are. So someone who is a little bit more junior can now prepare for that meeting ahead of time, have a discussion with the director and say, I'm not sure what this is, I'm not sure what that is. I think this is a good solution, recommendation, whatever else it is. And now you're beginning to open up uh, that the people who can offer that service because you're you're bringing forward some of the pains that the client has into some prep work that the client that the team can deal with. you have the meeting with the client and it provides a uh, quite a nice simple area to record your meeting notes and actions but also keep track of any goals that the client has so these were things that the accountants that we were dealing with were already doing just in a mishmash of other systems or word documents or in different folders and spreadsheets. And and that's just a nice, simple way to say, look, you guys already have a really good framework set up to deliver advisory, but it it can be a much more streamlined situation. And we can add a feature here that's going to help solve that issue around uh, bringing in more junior staff too. So they kind of looked at the overall issues and said, there's some that we can solve and we really want to support you guys in offering better advisory. Some of it they know is education and training and, and whatever else. So, so you know, that will obviously come with time. But it is an interesting and challenging space for tech.
1: Yeah, and I think that that comes down, like it, it, that's one of the probably the major takeaways from this whole thing is that no matter what you implement in your practice as an additional service, advisory is an additional service. So there needs to be a lot of thought actually coming out of it. I think one other big call-out is in relation to just because you found one app, like you've gone to a trade show, maybe you've gone to ZeroCon, maybe you've gone to ABE, Context, whatever the case is, right, and you've seen um, all of the apps that we've just, you know, recommended to you. You've had a look at Flow. You've had a look at um, Spotlight, Fathom, Futurly, Clarity HQ, whatever it is, um, and you've come away thinking, oh, my gosh, that's amazing, that's totally going to solve that problem for that one client that I've got. That is a horrible reason why you should implement that as a service to your entire client base. Just because one client is uh, asking for additional service when it comes to advisory doesn't mean that it's right for your entire client base. So, do a little bit of investigation around the needs of your client base and whether it's actually going to be an additional service that will be a viable service. Um, But also, You know, getting a piece of app just for one client is not necessarily the right mode either. It's not necessarily wrong, but it's usually not the right thing. So if you are going to implement an app, um, do consider if it is right for the entire client base. But more than anything, actually really nut out what the service is. It's one thing to say that we're going to do advisory, but the actual execution and what's involved in delivering on that advisory, it's, as I said, it's, it's like starting up another bookkeeping division in your business. That's the best analogy that I can give you. And everybody probably knows how challenging it is to run a successful, you know, additional service within your business from that element. It's no different.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a great point. You know, it's not about the tail wagging the dog. The tech doesn't tell you what to do in your firm. You figure out what you want to do and then see if there's some tech that will support you in, in doing it. Uh, And I think that's pretty much the role that some of these tools that we've kind of touched on today do, but I mean, maybe maybe it's a good good time to wrap it up and get from you, Amy, your key core favourite takeaway from our discussion.
1: Um, Look, I've really enjoyed it all, to be honest with you. Like, it's really nice to to find out what the good apps are out there. Um, And also just, you know, we didn't touch on what some of the failed ones are. Um, but I think it's it's you know it's it's good to maybe consider that not all apps are right for your business and that you do need to consider what is right for your client base but for again I'm going back to that whole majority versus minority this these apps and these tools should be used as you know for the majority of your client base but really think out what that service offering is that's my takeaway what about you Jack
0: yeah, I, I actually really liked just thinking about the the problems and the, the challenges, I suppose, for every firm who is trying to work out how to offer advisory and, and really honing in on, well, which of those problems and challenges can tech help me with and which of them am I going to have to deal with myself, training my team, uh, refining my service offering, adjusting the pricing you know talking to my clients what what are those things that just tech isn't going to solve it for you mm. um it, it's going to come together it's 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 not one or the other it's a, it's a bit of both, a bit of a bit of both so yeah, yeah. thanks
1: thanks so much Jeff.
3: Hey team, it's Ellie and Andrew from All Aussie Accounting Adventures here. I hope you really enjoyed this episode with Amy and Jack. What did you think, Andrew?
2: Oh, stunning as always. The two of (laughs) them are brilliant minds and are brilliant communicators. So we hope that you have got some incredible learnings out of this episode. And if you'd like to continue to follow us, make sure you check out our website. Find us on the socials. You'll see Accounting Adventures or look for All Aussie Accounting Adventures, wherever good stuff can be found, whether that's conferences, whether that's websites, whether that's podcasts or social media.
3: Remember to share it around, my friends. Like, review. We love that stuff. So come on, join the adventures with us i